0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Around the Gavel. I'm your host, Sarah Morris, and today I have Shake Jamian and Kobe Baker with me from Aldorus Mortgage. Hello. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for coming. So, Mr. Baker is the owner of Aldous, correct? Oh, that is correct. And Shake is a loan officer. I am. So, we have two yeah. very knowledgeable people about lending in the house right now. Um, Can you just tell me a little bit about how Alderus got started?
1: Um, Yeah. 15 years ago, I was doing practice management uh, and decided to move to Las Vegas. So um, it was uh, it was an interesting switch from small practices to real estate and mortgage. But what ended up happening was I got uh, a job inside of a real estate practice and realized that they needed a lot of mortgage help. And this was in 2004. In, in Vegas, so oh, a okay. very booming real estate economy, and decided that uh, I'd use my finance degree for something uh, that it was intended to do. So I started a mortgage company.
0: Okay, so it's been 14, 15 years. Yeah, 15 okay. years. And I heard from Shockey that your company is very progressive, right? Um, in terms of the. I like profits. to think so, yeah. Yeah. yes. <laughs> in a lot of ways, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and how many loan officers do you have?
1: We have, right now, I think we have eight. Okay. Yep. All right.
0: And you're located in Summerlin, correct?
1: We are actually on Charleston and Valley View.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Great.
0: Um, well, Shaki, how long have you been there? Been there since August. hmm. Okay. But I've been yeah. in the industry for a little over two years now. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you also do marketing for Aldrous, right? To an extent, I hope so. Like she markets, markets herself. Oh, yeah. You're just to market market myself, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're up and up yeah. on the marketing side. I am, yeah. yeah. Constantly, you know, meeting with people mm-hmm. and and uh, Facebook.
1: Yeah, well, part of our social. job is, is marketing, yeah. you know, B2B to, B to B and B2C, so mm-hmm. it's just the nature of a loan officer's job. Yeah. And I can
0: say that, I mean, I've worked with you and you're very on top of it. Oh, you always you. respond to emails, which is thank very you. important. And I know that, you know, Even in my business, I know clients uh, really need that attention. So I can vouch for you that you give the proper attention and you do your job.
1: (laughs) She's all over it. I'll vouch for that. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank
0: you. So just to tie this into the legal world, um, I'm sure you come up with a lot of legal issues in uh, mortgage lending. Yes. So what are some of the like I, I think you probably could give me more than one. But what's the most common?
1: There's the common is probably vesting. I think vesting, because that is a legal issue. Um, Most people do not know how they want to vest, so we generally, obviously, we don't want to give that type of advice, so we're going to refer back to um, legal counsel for something like that. That is the most common, because we have to determine that on every single uh, property that we uh, finance, so that's probably the most common, I would say, but there's a whole lot of uncommon legal issues as well. Yeah. Okay. Like, can you give me an uncommon one? Um, Power of attorneys. You know, you have a lot of times where you have power of attorneys. uh, If you have people who are disabled or um, declared incompetent or incoherent or medically um, have medical issues, things like that. So that becomes a problem because people generally don't think about that or if something unexpected happens, Mm -hmm. then, you know. What do you do? All mm-hmm. of a sudden, somebody goes into a coma, you have to have the ability to do something with the property and it's very difficult and time consuming to, to make it so somebody else can do something with the property, even if it's a spouse. Okay, yeah.
0: And so, do you also have, I, issues where there is a power of attorney and how do you handle the power of attorney because that would be my question because you know of course we draft powers or powers yes. of attorney but i know logistically there's some hoops you got to go through once you're actually going to use the thing right
1: yeah and once you have it it's determining like the different powers i mean obviously you know have your durable powers attorney you have various types of your specific power of attorney but it depends there there it gets complicated and time i guess the time is generally what causes the most problem because generally people want to do something quickly Mm -hmm. and that becomes the biggest problem is when you have somebody that's incapacitated for some reason, or um, like there's, I guess, obviously laws, if you're on a morphine drip or if you have something like that where you can't actually sign and you have to in this state, you can't, um, you have to sign spousal deeds and things like that. So it's an interesting conundrum, Mm -hmm. especially in States like Nevada. So um, a lot of it's time, Sometimes it's the specific type of powers of attorney that cause problems. So those are some of the, you know, a little bit, or you have people traveling abroad as well. So trying to get people, somebody's here, military, you've got spouse somewhere, they're here. There's a lot that has to be done.
0: Well, because I was going to say, I would think maybe scope would potentially be an issue because if it's not specifically in the scope of the power of attorney, then you've got a problem. Do you have... um, a form that you, you know, I know you're not attorneys, but do you have like a form that you suggest they use or some language that that you suggest? That's a great
1: question. We have very specific um, language that has to be used in the power of attorney to make sure that we've covered ourselves because that could be problematic because being the first lien holder. It could be a big problem if something goes sideways. So, yeah, we have specific language. Generally, we'll give a power, a power of attorney, a sample power of attorney that, that at least has the language in it, so somebody knows how to draft it up. Usually, it's not that uncommon the language, but you know there are specific things that need to be in there to make sure that it's legitimate. And, and it holds taking up. it a
0: step further, is it? Um, do you have a sample for certain? You know different banks like do you need a different type no I mean? because
1: we're a bank we sell so pretty much any place that we sell alone is going to take our power of attorney okay yeah i mean okay. we're we're liable sense. for it so at the <laughs> end of the day if something comes back and someone were to come back and and, and try and bring a lawsuit or something we, we would have to hold up or we would we would suffer
0: right understood and so what what other unusual things have
1: you had? um vesting in a trust is always an an, an interesting. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's vesting in a trust can be complicated as well. Um, I mean, it's a mortgage loan, so you can imagine, like, we have to cover, just think of the size of a mortgage package in today's day and age, all the disclosures and everything that we have to do. Pretty much everything that we have a client sign is, is potentially dangerous for us in some way shape or form and it's it's kind of sad because you know the average package right now that a client signs for FHA is about 140 something pages of documents and that's really hard to digest for an average consumer and the majority of those documents are legally drawn documents from you know a myriad from 50 years of legal precedent so There's there's more than you could ever imagine in a mortgage package. I'm sure you signed a mortgage package. Yes,
0: yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's interesting that you bring up the trust thing, because I always counsel my clients to just unless they're literally going to pay for the property and fund the mortgage with the trust, just put it in your name like you're going to have to put in your name and then transfer the deed after. Right.
1: And that's the best, honestly, that's the best way is close in your name and do what you need to after. But not only do people try doing it with trust, but you also have people who try and move through LLCs, um, triple LLCs. Like you have all kinds of things that people are trying to do. And it gets, it gets, it's problematic from a standpoint of, you know, a mortgage loan is a recourse, is a recourse loan. And a lot of people, what they're trying to do in a lot of instances is protect. From, you know, in some kind of non recourse situation. And there really is not a lot of good ways to do that because we're not going to invest in in an LLC or a corporation or something like that. But people, they're going to do things after they close. And I think the same goes for a trust. Close it in your name, do what you need to do after, do whatever you need to do, you know, once that's done. It's far simpler, cleaner. Easier and it keeps it away from the mortgage side of things.
0: Right, right, yeah. And I mean I know with title insurance too, they have trouble if it's in a trust or an LLC. Yes. They want it in your own name and then you can transfer. And I know back in the day it was a problem to transfer into trusts after the fact because you there might be a title insurance issue, but I know now they have riders where they allow that to happen. So at least
1: Yeah, things have gotten that. things have gotten a lot better over the course I would say the last decade, ever since the crash there's been a lot of safeguards put in place for for how the title policies work and yeah it's it's a little bit cleaner and easier at this point in time it's
0: nice yes <laughs> it is nice um and what kind of mortgages do you do, do you, you do va right VA, mm-hmm. F-A-J, F-A-J,
1: okay. jumbo non-qm yeah, yeah we do pretty much anything can be done yeah. we do it
0: what about commercial
1: commercial stay away from commercial Okay. Yeah, that is the reason we stay away. Once again, it's from a legal standpoint, it's just a whole other you know, field of expertise. I don't believe in mixing those two things. Be good at one or be good yeah. at the other. Stick with um, what, you're, really stick with with what you're good at. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into a commercial loan that does not go into a residential loan. So unless you know those things, it's probably best to just yeah. stick with what you do know. So your
0: expertise is residential? Residential, yeah. Okay, all right. Anything else you want to tell me about your Pratt your business? I mean, you've oh, been along for a while.
1: I'm looking for what kind of what kind of crazy stuff have you seen in the, <laughs> in the real estate world? I mean, you um, you've been practicing for a while, so what what kind yeah. of stuff have you seen? What crazy?
0: Well, I mean, I got involved in real estate law because I used to represent banks. So during the foreclosure crisis, that's okay. what I did. Was um, I represented the banks, um, and then after that, when I opened up my own firm, I've been doing a lot with HOA foreclosure and Mm -hmm. so representing the investors that bought at the sale they can't get title insurance and so now we have to follow quite a title action so that we can get clear title and we can uh sell the property on the open market so that's kind of my background in the the mortgage arena but we're used to generally suing the banks (laughs) yeah
1: well i had a lot to do with super priority lien issues and things like that um back several years ago legislation so okay. I mean it was I was used to dealing not, not only with attorneys but with HOAs with management companies the banks kind of trying to bring everybody together to see a, there has to be a good solution we have to have a we have to have a legal solution that actually functions well for everybody they can't we can't take any particular party over another party in this because everybody has there's there's a side to each of these whether it's the HOA whether it's the investor who's bought something whether it's the, the individual who's been foreclosed on, I mean, there's a lot, the, or the banks, you know, note how notifications were There was so much mess with all of the super priority lien here in state of Nevada. This was like a hot spot. I had Mortgage Bankers Association calling me regularly to find out because we were basically setting the precedent for for what super priority liens were gonna look like in other parts of the country as they were looking to reform oh, some of the stuff they were doing. Okay,
0: so did you go up to Carson City? Yeah. Okay.
1: I spent time with the lobbyists for uh, the Bankers Association, Mortgage Bankers Association, um, the, I can't remember the name of the Independent uh, HOA Association, um, basically trying to sort of get everybody, the NAR, just trying to get everybody on the same path with super priority liens because it was for several years. For us as a bank, it was really difficult. And, and that, you know, you said, what are some of the crazy legal things that we see? Well, that has it hasn't happened in a while, but I would say, you know, seven or eight years ago, some of the things we were seeing is we were we were getting pushed out of, you know, notes that we owned for people who were buying stuff for, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars on four hundred thousand dollar houses. I have actual cases of this happening. It was like we our our lien is just gone. Wait, what's happened here we didn't know.
0: There was no, no good
1: notification systems back then. It was insane. Hmm, I had no idea that
0: you're so involved. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about?
1: I do. <laughs> and yeah. now
0: they're the cases are um, winding down because the Supreme Court has come out with enough decisions that we all know now kind of where we stand and right. what's going to happen in the litigation so we're able to settle um, or resolve them in general.
1: far so, earlier. Yes,
0: yeah. yes, because mm-hmm. we were litigating heavily so so now it's it's calming down.
1: yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it's yeah, probably, it's probably I'm like, good. It's
0: good, but it's also, you know, a lot of attorneys make their living on these cases. Yes. So
1: but it's real estate, so you got adap- to yeah, adapt. It's mm-hmm. like, course, real estate law. you got to adapt.
0: Of course. Real estate law
1: is like that. It's always, there's always something mm-hmm. moving.
0: Yeah, and that's true for any area. You know, you just got to make sure you're diversifying. You're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Wow. Yes. I'm sure you guys know about that. Well, I think that's all I have for you. You, I appreciate you guys coming here. And, um, you know, yeah. Algeris Mortgage, I can say I've worked with them, they are very good, they're on top of it, they respond to emails, they communicate well. <laughs> so, thank you guys for
1: coming. Thank you, we appreciate it.